We are back in the motherfucking building. This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding. Brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. That's what I'm talking about. Fans! Off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. <laughs> Drop that bitch. And now, live from Studio E, the bunt with Safer and Donovan. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. As always, Ants one behind the scenes. Killing Instagram live every Saturday night at 8.30 at Anthony.Quoo. It's a cool thing. Still, still. Ghost, this is a personal app for us. We got the good homie in the building. Tell the people what's popping. Big week in Studio E. First time ever and probably the last time we're having someone on three times. Major shouts to Wade. Everyone out there listening that fucks with the bunch should give way to big thank you because we actually recorded this one first because we had some new recording equipment to test out to see if we could do this socially distance and wade was kind enough to be our guinea pig so shouts to ants for the equipment and wade for taking the time to do another interview so that we could get this season off the ground big shouts to big diz mad love had some laughs with our homie then you know what time it is the post office answering your emails and then yo we taking y'all straight to the rundown we talking running backs you know what i'm saying off-season movement and then of course some of the last dance jordan talk before we go any further make sure to follow us on instagram at the bunt live subscribe to us on youtube at the bunt live and then if your pockets are feeling extra fat and you want to support the show head over to patreon.com slash the bunt you know what time it is shout out of the week bro yo shout out of the week i'm going back in time for this one paul trepp's been a theme this season he's coming up with wade came up with will one of our favorite skaters and these days an underground canadian legend so my shout out of the week is paul trepp and top dollar his parts finally back on youtube with the original audio Shouts to the Good Neighbors Instagram. They posted all of Top Dollar, so just go watch that. But specifically, Paul Trepp, he has first part. And wow, I can't remember what year that video came out. I feel like we were still in high school. That shit is timeless, man. So go peep Paul Trepp. There ain't too many people in the world as talented as one Paul Trepp, man. So like we said, Wade Desarmo in the hot seat for the third time hitting the hat trick what can we say about the big brother been a huge help to the show since day one one of our first guests had his own segment on the show always supporting man he's done it all for us and he did it again man came through in the clutch real legend we always do the trailers for people like i went and watched all his footage again and i just felt like a kid again i was just like i was like oh shit Am I Wade's biggest fanboy of all time? <laughs> it was weird. I'm about to turn 32 and just watching all his old parts again just brought me back. Absolute legend. Happy to call him a friend. Let's get into it, bruv. 
Only one thing left to do. Take a quick break. We each going to run to the fridge. And uh, what are we looking for? Yo, we finna holla at them green cans. Well, they also have blue ones these days. But yo, you know I'm keeping it traditional. It's time for Canada's premium pilsner, Steam Whistle, the only buzz. All right, Wade, here we go. Welcome to season 11, the COVID Chronicles. You know exactly what time it is. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Holy shit. Diz. Why did I think this was going to start off any different? <laughs> Come on, man. What, you thought on a new show? Yeah, I don't know. Did you I, do this last time you were on? Yeah. Favorite skate moment? Fuck, dude, I have no idea. Just every day skating with my friends, you know? Yeah, actually. That's, that's actually right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. No, you can't do that cheesy shit. We need some. We need hard facts here, dog. Well, I'll tell you what my least favorite sport moment is lately. It's the fact that we dealt JG Peugeot away. That was a heartbreaker. Yeah, that's tough. Immediately signed a contract. It's kind of the opposite of what you want. But, Wade's um, taking over the show, answering his own questions. <laughs> <laughs> shit, we can't come back to that. No, it's the first question. <laughs> Come on. Dude, this shit's hard. Well, there's no sports on TV, so I haven't been thinking about sports for the past, like, three weeks. Been in Cali. What about when our men's league won the championship last summer? Oh, yeah. Undefeated season. Oh, wait, yo. Donald about- told me you scored a uh, a goal. Was it a game winner recently? It was oh, GWG. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. How, about, about that. Bar and How about this? How about the Raps being champs? Okay. Oh, okay. easy, dog. There we go. Yo, there's not many silver linings to this whole bullshit, unfortunate virus situation, but the raps are champs for uh, a lot longer now, it seems. Yeah. Indefinitely. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens (laughs) later this year, right? Favorite skate moment? Shoot. Yeah. Dude, any day I'm able to skate. I mean, we're in lockdown right now. Any like, come on, we're in freaking lockdown. So any time, any skate memory right now is just being able to go out and skate. So that'd be freaking super nice. Oh, last week, that's a great skate moment for me. Last week, I was stuck for five months in Canada skating indoors and being in a schoolyard pushing around in a t-shirt. That was freaking great. Hell yeah! Did you uh, switch inward heel a table from flat yet? It wasn't the uh... no. I was out there for a week and it rained for six days straight. So, got to skate LA High again. Jeez. That was good. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Uh, we gonna get. We gonna get. Into I know that. you're gonna get into that. I'm just letting you know. That was. <laughs> that I was. Uh, that was a good moment. That was. That was fun. A little 15 year reunion. That. How about that? That's the skate moment. It felt. Felt surreal being there. It was cool. Bless. All right. Boom. Love it. There's your fucking question. Your answers. Okay. So, <laughs> first off. We're all in lockdown in Canada or in Toronto right now. We're doing this is our first ever three-way recording. Me and Dono aren't together. Shout out to Ant's one for providing day. the gear to make this all happen for the people. Tell us what it's been like. You were in California while shit was popping off. The Prime Minister urged Canadians to come home and shut down all but four airports. Tell us a little bit about the experience being away while shit started to hit the fan. I mean, I was talking to you guys way more than I was talking to my parents and girlfriend, actually. My mom was super supportive with whatever I wanted to do, whether I wanted to come back or not. It was a week straight of, do I want to come back? What's going on? Uh, 
what's gonna happen what what are the potentials to happen and it was uh I don't want to say it was stressful but it was definitely a lot to think about every day and eventually just made the decision I'd rather be with my girl and closer to my family if shit does hit, hit the fan and just yeah. to be on Canadian soil also it seems like you guys were more worried for me than I was for myself though which is cute <laughs> nice to know that you guys care about the old guy of course man but yeah it was it seemed normal honestly down there it was still it hadn't really got out to california yet so it was business as usual just minus it was raining every day so that was also in the thought process it was really weird it was a weird time it was raining non-stop for weeks on end which is super rare in california which is gonna turn people's immune systems to shit and give them colds and everyone's going to trip out and start thinking it's the coronavirus and there's just a, a lot of a lot of things going on in your head and then you want to skate i obviously want to skate i'm away from home i want to fucking stack clips i want to be productive when i'm away and it was just a lot of in in my own head wondering what to do so yeah man well we're both fucking definitely glad you came home who knows where it's going from here, but... Well, yeah, they're on lockdown now. I guess I made the right made decision, out. yeah. It's funny, man. This word lockdown doesn't uh, mean exactly what I thought it would mean <laughs> if we ever got on lockdown. Nobody's actually locked down. Don't say that yet. Different levels of lockdown. Don't say that yet because, man, we they could be coming. You never know. That's what I want to see, man. I want to expedite <laughs> this process. Like, lock us down. Put the... Take uh, Putin's <laughs> advice and put the lions in the streets. <laughs> prevent people from going outside and let's get on with it already, man. Spring is here. I'm trying to get outside. but So now that you're back and doing the mandatory 14-day quarantine, yep. what's a day in the life like for you at home? How are you staying busy, man? Basically a lot of the same. Just not skating every day, which is the weird part for me. Because I know a lot of people often wonder if i skate and what i do because i don't post but you guys know that i skate every day wake up coffee and then straight to the back uh, if it's sunny out i am on my back patio jumping rope listening to some sort of audio book then a lot of stretching uh even more stretching nowadays as i'm as you guys see i'm stretching now it's nothing really to do. There's no rush to do anything. We're going to be here for a little bit, at least for the next two weeks. So might as well stretch and make sure that... In a fresh two weeks starting today. Yeah, right. But cooking a lot, whatever my girl happened to get before we went into this a little quarantine when I got back, because she's with me. She can't go anywhere for the 14 days because I got back and now she could be infected and all that good stuff. Yeah. It's been uh, a lot of alone time between us. We're watching Survivor, obviously, together. Nothing nothing outside of the ordinary, just she's staying home to work. I'm doing the same thing, just not going skating at night. Hectic, but uh, glad to hear you're staying busy. I'm trying to get those cows burned, you know what I'm saying, Safe? <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, back to our regular programming. Take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up and how did you get into skating? Really? <laughs> I know I feel like because really? you're the first guest ever on three times we've probably gone through this but no I swear we haven't 
the first time he was here, dude, we it, did. like I wasn't swear an interview. We did like I almost, or and maybe I've just told it so so much that it's when just, Morgan was here with him, that was just like a conversation. Insane. That was yeah. That was but, just uh, Morgan. I, we were just. What laughing was the at thing Morgan. Morgan kept saying again? Oh, who knows? There, man. He had one stupid thing he was saying roasted. over and over and over. Yeah, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> but yo. Even if we have gone over this, we're going to do our best throughout this interview to not all right, all right, talk all about right. the same shit. But I just if- feel like you guys can like even say it. Like That's how much, I don't know, I can tell your guys' story. That's how much we know each other. Uh, give us the quick rundown then. Everyone's so bored, they're probably down to hear it again. <laughs> they're dying to hear it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> born in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Only child. Freaking so long ago. <laughs> um, I was in a mostly every sport as a kid, and my parents basically spoiled the fuck out of me. And they got me a skateboard for Christmas one year. Sat there pretty much till the summertime until I saw one of my neighbors that I've never seen before. Actually, he lived a little bit further up the street, but still on my block, <laughs> which is wild. He had a skateboard and he just like zoomed down the street, and then. The only people I hung out with in my neighborhood at the time were girls because that's all that was there. And it was cool. So me and Monica, actually, I remember this clear as day. Like, I was like, holy shit, like, I'm going to go see what he's doing. We went up to the corner of the street. He was trying to board slide benches, uh, wooden benches on his skate. And then I said, probably said some corny shit. I forgot this part probably on purpose. But, um... Basically said something along the lines of, I have one of those at home. And he was like, yeah, go grab it. And then ever since then, we've been fucking, you know, best friends. What was your first big break in the skate industry? Who was the first sponsor? Who's the first influential guy you met? How how'd the career get rolling for you? I think they're all monumental in different ways. Obviously, getting my first solid shop sponsor was huge in itself. So I would mm-hmm. yeah, I would date that being like the first big milestone and then there's obviously like getting your first real like flow sponsor and then your foot in the door like with canadians there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking barriers to knock down on your way so who was it who was the shop and who was the top of the world and i still ride for top and even if i didn't i'd plug them this fucking hard because they were the fucking best and i thank tom and glenn eric and Corey, and anybody who's ever been there uh, along the way thank you guys because Man, like, I never had to worry about anything. Seriously, like, we had, we were able to grab, like, two shop boards a month, a set of wheels, a pair of trucks every, like, two months if we wanted. Like, that's fucking unheard of. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, a 13, 14-year-old kid at the time, like, just trying to learn to kick back tails or switch with back tails. You know, like, that's all we need. So, big mm-hmm. ups to the top of the world. That was uh, my first monumental, or not monumental, fuck, it's such a shit word. It's, that was my biggest break yet because... That's a family that I've had this whole time. Real talk, man. I've never seen a skate shop hook up their riders as much as Top does. Yeah. Like even from when we first met you guys as kids, <laughs> all the Ottawa homies, Spenny, Geo, you, the way they took care of you guys was unheard of, man. It still is. Like to this most day, people, it still is. Most like. people <laughs> riding for like being pro for companies, like you still 
might be getting less than what these guys got from top back in the day. Yo, the way, you need to check your boxes and talk to the, the way boys these mans used to walk in there and just grab fucking anything off the shelf. Just yeah, like yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. the kings of Ottawa, man. Let's not get into particulars here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, My bad, my bad. Chill, you make it, you make it sound like we were all that person. Like, no. <laughs> but that top of the world takes care of the homies. For yeah, sure, top of the world. Definitely the number one. They sparked off everything. Just from knowing you for so long, I've heard over the years many, many stories about you as a 16-year-old, <laughs> the amount of things you did when you were the age 16. That's your, that's your favorite part. Don't, don't make it sound like it's anybody else. This is a direct question from Donovan because he loves 16-year-old yeah. Wade. Anytime when we were younger, you would say, oh, I did that when I was 16. Yeah. I, did it, I did this when I was 16. Was, that, was being 16... The, the greatest year of your life or what? For sure. Dude, the amount of things that happened at 16 were pretty fucking gnarly. Oh, shit. Real shit, man. Yeah, this is just a made-up example, but it'd be like, yo, I just learned this, like, crazy new trick that, like, I'm so hyped on. Like, wait, I just learned how to do, like, nolly heel crook. <laughs> and it'd always be like, man, I did that at 16, man. Come on. <laughs> That's not, no, that's not actually the fact, but it was like, I don't know, it's always questions that almost like go around that part, and I'm like, oh yeah, like, when were you on zoo? I was like, oh yeah, when I was like 16, like, yeah. which I was, like, I'm sorry, like, fuck. It was everything. Yeah, like, I don't know, it just pertains to the questions you always asked, it just always alluded to that age, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it Ooh. was a very good age, Donovan, very good. Hell of a 16-year-old, man. It was sweet. So, in an effort to not repeat ourselves too much, last time we had you on the show, you were still on DGK, so we'll try and talk about mostly more recent shit, but at what point did you see your time on DGK kind of coming to an end? It's a weird one, right? Because you almost always question yourself when you ride for some for that long, and you, you know, you, you just have that the inner questions for yourself of like, oh, am I going to... Am I just going to be on this company forever? Is that my retirement? That's it. You know, like, which I was fucking super set on doing. That's what I thought for a long time. I was like, hey, I've been on this team for this long. Like, that's it. Like, Troy's my dude. He's had my back through everything. I'm not going to turn my back on that company. You know, like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have any of this shit. I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for DGK. So I think it started... And I don't want to be, you know, repeating what anybody else says also. It's like that tough time that happened with the money when everybody started, like, turning their back on KO. And, uh, and like, I, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. Like, your situation is your situation. You felt the way that you felt. That's fine. I can only speak for myself. And the way I wasn't really in the know of what was going on with the company. Like, it was always, like, me and the TM had a very close relationship. Fucking Rosado, Brad, obviously. Mm -hmm. What up, if you're listening, Brad? Yeah, shout out, Brad. We just didn't know what was going on, and we couldn't get any clarification or, like, anything from the higher-ups. And it was just, oh, it's just so hard to, like, oh, he's not getting paid, no one's getting paid, he hasn't been getting paid for X amount of time. And like I said, I rode for the company for fucking 15 years. If people really want to know, they missed three checks. That's it. So I didn't quit over no, no money or checks not coming in. That's not why I quit. I quit just because over the breakdown of that, I would say year period, there wasn't any communication going forward with the team. The team, 
a lot of emotions too, like going through this time, obviously. More, more or less, it was, or more, actually, it was just like the communication factor and how it broke down and nobody could get a hold of anybody with any sort of viable information. So people started quitting. And then along with that, the rumor mill started speculating with, you know, that's what skateboarding is. Uh, so some conversations arose. The primitive was in talks for two years before that. So, or not before that, during that time, like primitive took two years for me to finally ride for them. So I don't even know wh when that even came up, like the whole primitive thing, because looking back on it, all that shit happened so fast between like us mm -hmm. worrying, like not even worrying, but like talking to my teammates and then talking to Brad and trying to figure this out. Like, okay, I haven't got a check this month. Okay, like it's tax season or okay, it's this. Like there was constantly something always coming up and I tried to just skate through it and stay busy. And good things happened at the end of the day, you know, and nice to see DJK like coming back up and doing their thing and being strong again. Like I never wanted anything bad for them and I hope I didn't, like obviously I didn't hurt them in any way. And it wasn't malicious if I did, it was just, it was, it was a better move for me at the time to be somewhere that I could just skate and do what I wanted to do with skating. You know, like I didn't, I didn't know the direction that DJK had at the time. It, it just almost felt like a, I don't want to say a slap in the face, but I, I took it a little personal, definitely that I wasn't in communication and wasn't in the know of what was going on with the company. Right. You know, especially after I rode for them for so long. Yeah, we could just leave it at that. Like, it wasn't because of the money. It was just communication. But it's good to see them coming back up. Fair enough, man. Well, it all worked out for the best. And uh, we're definitely stoked for you. Hell yeah. I'm, dude, like I said, I'm, I'm happy. I made a decision and I'm happy to stick by it. I feel no sort of way. I still love DJK and I want those people to be successful and all fucking avenues of their life especially their business hundo p man you still got a lot of good friends on dgk and the new upbringing is doing well like i know you just know how the skate industry can be so like closed off like oh he fucking quit or he you know they probably feel like i have some some bad like will towards the team or not the team but you know what i'm talking about yeah probably not making sense yeah. but there's some sort of like underlying feelings that fucking aren't present at all, but people like to fucking assume. So I want to put that out there that that's not the case. We have hidden one of the Bunt's famous logos inside a product page on chpobrand.com's website. Head over, find it, and screenshot it. Send that over to the Buntlive at gmail.com and a box of CHPO brand sunglasses and watches could be headed to your door. And hey, while you're at it, use our discount code, the Bunt for an extra 30% off all purchases at chpobrand.com. So you've been in the game forever. Oh, you're gonna true veteran amongst date us. Date me like that right now? <laughs> Hell no! I'm just saying, man. <laughs> From a young age, you've been a heavy guy in the game. But is there a new sort of pressure being on a team like Primitive that's so stacked? Yes and no. They knew my age coming into the whole agreement and me riding for them, and all they want from me is to be me and all that I want to do, which is just film and be productive. 
That's all they want from me. So as long as I can do that, on my end of things, I feel great. On, I'm sure, releasing things to the public, it seems like a, a slow roast, but it's coming. I feel, I feel fine, so. I mean, I guess to answer your question, no. The pressure, I mean, I always have pressure on myself regardless, and obviously it's just, it's just a little different. Like, skating around with Carlos and fucking Tiago, Paul, and all those dudes just on a normal session, even just skating with them, not even filming, just skating. I'm not gonna say like you wanna sit down, but you just, you happen to just sit down because everywhere you look is someone doing unreal shit. And you mm -hmm. kinda don't wanna miss it, so you just kinda, you kinda just take that time off you actually skating. But no, like they make you feel super comfortable. Like they're so normal, so fucking loving, make everything feel comfortable, so. There's no, there's no pressure from that side. One thing that has changed, I feel like for you, I mean, anyone who knows you knows you're kind of a creature of habit. You like your routine. Yes. But you've been traveling a shit ton since you've gotten on Primitive. What's that change been like for you? It's been sick. It's something, I'm gonna plug Spenny super hard because he owns my, my favorite quote ever. And he said this to me a long time ago and I'm sure it might help somebody else out there listening or it helps out one person because I am such a creature of habit. And Spencer a long time ago told me, you don't grow in your comfort zone. That's real shit. It's super real. And it's helped me a lot this year because I've always, I've always said like, oh, I want to do this. I want to get this done. I want to travel. I want to do this. Well, man, I've been in this industry for a long time and my days i don't want to say they're numbered for like filming trips and stuff like that because i don't know how much longer this shit will go and i didn't think i'd be this old fucking doing this shit so who knows but definitely nowadays i'm not taking anything for granted i want to travel i want to skate the places i want to go to so if that's on the table i'm definitely not turning it down like before I remember, yeah, it'd be like a big mental hurdle for you to like go on certain trips sometimes. But when you told us that you got on Primitive, I was so hyped because I'm like, okay, this means A, we're going to see more Wade footage and B, this man's going to be fucking seeing the world, man. And, and both things came true. In a lot of ways, just even conquering that hurdle of just getting outside of my comfort zone is fucking opened me up so vastly in a way that you know what I mean? I would have never just thought would happen just opening up my my expectations to traveling like that. And then it just opened up everything. So I thank, uh, I thank myself for doing that. I thank Spenny for that quote that's stuck in my head. It's been really helpful. That's a good one. So while you're racking up the air miles <laughs> and doing it with a lot of different guys than you're used to traveling with, who's your favorite teammate to be oh, on the road with? Uh, shit. I mean, if I could bring Banks with me, that'd be my number one. <laughs> That's my dog for those guys. I mean, I want to go. I want to. I want to go with you guys. I want to go with my friends. And then teammates are obviously sick, but I feel like I can probably say for a lot of people that are sponsored, like on companies and go on a lot of company trips, being on a trip with your fucking friends would be like the the best one of all. Cause there's no pressure. There's no pressure. There's no fucking nothing. And like I said before, there's no, there's not pressure on those trips. It's just, it, there is pressure that you put on yourself. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, if you go to fucking Australia, I've never been to Australia. Put it that way. I want to go so bad. And if I ever go to Australia, I'm going to feel the pressure to get as many clips as I can in Australia because I don't know if I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. So I want clips in Australia. Whereas if I was in, if I was in Australia with my friends, that trip is going to take precedent. It's going to be a little different. Yeah, I'm going to remember Australia many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have we're gonna go about our business differently than on a skate trip. So you'll be doing a lot of drinking in a lot of different parks. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last trip we all went on together? Fucking DC, dude. No, Safe wasn't in DC. What? Yeah, he was. Boston. Safe never went to Washington. Yeah, nah. What? I swear, you were there in spirit. Then yeah. we were FaceTiming you. <laughs> that every was day, me, like, yeah. you, Cody, Cody Morgan, Morgan. <laughs> yeah, and some of the Boston guys. Yeah. But Boston was the last one we were all on together. Yeah. Us three? And Morgan. Yeah, yeah Boston. Right? And, and Joe. I'm saying just us three because I don't know why. When I think of like, what was the last trip we were all on? I'm like, the last trip would have been freaking Dishers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bachelor. <laughs> Dishers Bachelor. Oh, damn. Because then I'm like, because yeah. I want to include everybody. I want to be like, well, Codes wasn't there. Morgan was there. Yeah, like, I want to include all the boys, you know? Yeah. Our crew runs yeah. pretty fucking big if you think about it. Shit. Yeah, Definitely. There's, there's too many. But yeah, Boston for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the time it was cold. Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> oh, you want to bring that up? <laughs> oh. I'm surprised we're still alive, yo. Who was I with? Was I with Safes? No, me, Safe, and Morgan were at Dutchies. No, 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 but who was, was I there with the last day at Dutchies? Joe Moss. I, that's right. <laughs> Bro, the funniest thing, I don't know if we've said this story on here before, but like when we all went to visit Lee's house for the first time and then... Out of the kindness of his heart, he's like, hey, like, you know, if any of you guys want to stay here, like, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and meanwhile, the first night we were all at Dutchie's fucking freezing ass apartment. <laughs> and Lee's got this, like, beautiful, warm apartment. <laughs> it's like the typical fucking Boston historic home, like brownstone fucking brick building. Most importantly, yeah. warm. <laughs> Rooftop patio. Rooftop patio overlooking the city. Warmth was the major key, and Dutchie's place was so cold. And then Lee's like, yeah, like, if any of you guys want to stay here, it's fine. Everyone kind of looks at each other like, you know, we all want to say I'm staying here. And fucking, of course, Diz and Jordan. No, that wasn't. Hey, don't put that on me. That wasn't on me. We laugh about it still. Dana didn't clarify because I've known Lee. Like, I knew Lee from a long time ago. Right. So and he's like, oh, yeah, like, a couple of you guys can stay at my homie's house, too. And I was just like, I wasn't going to be first to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking dip out of this place. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but then when we got to Lee's house, he was like, yeah, you know, Lee, like, yo, stay here. And then Moss obviously was wrong with me. So <laughs> that's how it went. But yeah, <laughs> I missed the first night. I, Me and Morgan, like, weren't there the first I night or something. I did feel bad. Yeah, you were fucked so, from the uh, get-go. So I didn't know the situation. <laughs> and then when... <laughs> When that like picking sides went down, I was so confused. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know. We I'm staying with Dutchie, yo. This is <laughs> fucked, yo. And then like days later, obviously realized. But shouts to Dutchie, man. We made it through. Yeah, yeah. it would have been this. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't so fucking cold in Boston. And like one place was super warm, and the other place was like <laughs> you know had frost on the windows. One morning, me, Safa, and Morgan woke up, and we were talking about how fucking cold we were. <laughs> thinking that Dutchie went to work already because he was like on that like mezzanine level he would like sleep up there yeah 
Oh, wow. And then he just stuck his head over and he's like, yeah, I didn't go to work today. And we're like, oh, <laughs> we were just uh, like complaining about how frozen we were. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the funniest moment where he was probably like, I could keep eavesdropping and see if they say something. Yeah. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we we're going to say anything mean. We're just like, God oh. damn, it's cold in this bitch. <laughs> the last night I, I went up and slept on the mezzanine with him. Man. Had, I'm like, yo, I'm not going to. He, he had a heater up there. Get a little single heater. Yeah. Did he not? And yeah, if we, I remember right, I remember like we were sleeping with like I put like my winter jacket on me. And my <laughs> oh, hoodies. dude, we had everything. Yeah. Like, the, the last night we had to. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna stop with that. I was. I can't. I'm not gonna throw him under the bus like that. Hey, it's it all, was cool. I mean, he's since moved out of out of that place. Know, We've laughed but, about it with him. It's all. It's all. Love. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that that was like he was experiencing the cold oh. for the first time there too. <laughs> like he hadn't been there forever. Yeah. Like he didn't know what it was like. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the common washroom, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, no, that shit. What was wrong with that one homie, man? Com- he did laundry common, every night. The common shower, bro. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. wild. Oh my god! Yeah, each floor in that building had one bathroom oh, shared for all the apartments. It fuck. was crazy, dude. And the one dude was doing laundry all the damn time. But he was not just doing laundry; he was crazy. Oh, I remember <laughs> if you would like sit down to take a shit, and he'd be banging on the door. <laughs> fucking hell! Was, scared for my life. Never felt safe in that fucking toilet. <laughs> you were cr- quick to be like, "Oh, Lee, yeah, yeah, I'm out, <laughs> <laughs> bro." I just explained. Yeah, I know Lee. I, just I know Lee. I know Lee real well. <laughs> Holy shit! Whew. Oh shit! That was great times, though. All right, moving on. Great times. <laughs> Shout out to the Boston Heads. Hell yes, yeah! Hell, Hell yeah. yeah! See you soon. Uh, I hope see you sooner than later, man. God damn. So you came out swinging in Primitive's Never video. You had a nice little section in there doing your thing. Thanks. And then moving on, you guys dropped Encore. You and Brother Spenny shared a song. Uh, Love that section. But speaking to you after that video dropped, you weren't too hyped on your own part. Your self-perceived shortcomings, did that motivate you for what's next? Um, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just, any video that you're a part of, the thing is, that was supposed to be a promo for as long as like I heard. So like I was on the hook for getting like five to 10 clips. And then by the time I like caught wind that it was gonna be a full video, it was like, okay, my shit's gonna fucking suck, great. I I talk to you all the time about fucking the things I wanna accomplish on a yearly basis. And a lot of it's, I choose it to be unrealistic, but it definitely sucks when you come so short. Like that was really tough for me to take, to be honest with you. Like I felt like the the magnitude of the video with Tiago and Miles being introduced and Trent having a full part, like everyone having a full part. Like Carlos's part was fucking unreal, like to be expected obviously, but I just, I want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to have a part for people to watch also. I want to, I want to be in the field getting footage and you know, it just didn't work out that way for me. To nobody's fault but my own, obviously. Take responsibility for that. It just sucked to be in that situation. So yeah, definitely added a little extra boost of motivation for this upcoming year. That's why I started traveling and that's why I'm bummed out that I'm already back. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a lot to be back after feeling that way at the end of last year and then 
is starting to be out there in such a good position to be like, okay, cool. Like it's still cold back home. We have filmers. There's nothing really to film for. It's just us in the streets again. Like fucking, I was just with Merrick and it was just the two of us. We had a car, we had an Airbnb, like shout out to Merrick. And then all this shit happens and it's like, that shit happens, I get it, but it's just, it's it's hard to take, but obviously there's mm-hmm. bigger things going on in the world than to bitch about that, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, but fuck, man. <laughs> but fuck, man. <laughs> well, anyways, people, watch out, Wade's got a fire under his ass, all he can do with it now is uh, <laughs> skip rope, but soon he'll, soon he'll be getting keeps. 2021. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so... Speaking of Spencer, how dope was it to reunite with him on Primitive? He's one of the hottest free agents in the game for a while. Was it only a matter of time before he joined the team? There was there was talks behind the scenes, for sure, which I couldn't tell anybody because I don't want to. I don't want to leak any sort of thing because our friend group is more of a cohesive unit. If I told somebody, the whole fucking crew is gonna know, and it's you know you know you know what it, how it goes. But yeah, it was been it's been in talks for a bit and then it just happened like super fast. So I was super hyped. I don't even think we like the first trip I went on with him was Brussels. We were in Belgium last year. And I don't even think I said anything and I don't think he said anything. It was just like surreal. We were fucking I, I showed up late. He was in the hotel already and we were obviously rooming together and I just we just put my bags down and fucking gave each other a massive hug and <laughs> like just started like almost like laughing but like knowing what we were laughing about you know like yeah. so stoked mm-hmm. so it, it felt surreal for real like just I don't know looking across from him and be like yo you're fucking riding primitive boards like you're I'm about to be riding your board like so sick Dude, so heavy yeah. and so pumped for him right he deserves it fuck yeah he was a free agent for a long time but. Mm-hmm. For anyone that doesn't know, maybe give just the quick rundown because you guys have such a crazy story of like the age you met to different sponsors you've rode for together over the years to now being back on a team. Like it's insane. Yeah, met him when he was nine. Freaking, we'd see him around him and his brothers. I used to see him all the time in Ottawa because his brothers were roughly my age. I used to compete against his brother in the local fucking comps or whatever. They're both doing super well, side note to them, fucking big ups to the Hamiltons. I moved out to Vancouver when I was, what, 19? Or 16, right, Donald? <laughs> oh, no. wouldn't uh, be surprised. I, I think I fully... <laughs> that was the first time I actually went out there. I was 16, by the way. But um, <laughs> uh, I think I was 20, 21 maybe, I don't know. But yeah, so, and then Spenny came out and stayed with us for a couple weeks, if I can remember right. And then he moved in with Cons and Gary, and I think Gio lived over there at the Dagger Motel and lived there for a bit. And man, I just remember when he would like stay with me, he'd seriously be out of the crib at like 9 a.m. Fucking, I'd meet him at the plaza at like 5 or 6 and he'd skate with me till like nine and then we'd go back, you know? And then he was just on that fucking, that level of learning ever since he went out there and he, his progression happened so fast. It was fucking it was incredible to see like how someone could get that, that good, that quick 
at so many different elements of skating and ended up getting on expedition. So we were not teammates, but we were under the same umbrella with KO for a long time. Yeah. And then we were on venture together or we lived together again when we were at 1611 which that's when we had the big house with Twa, Weary, Joey, Kane. The glory days. Yeah. So we were there. We'd get like the same boxes from Deluxe. So we'd get friggin' they'd mix our venture boxers together. They'd send our KO boxes together with like gold wheels and shit. So we were on diamond together. So we got, or yeah, we went on a diamond trip before when we were like 20 to Montreal together. Cause we were only, they were, we were the only Canadian people on diamond at the time. Like, it's it's been fucking rad to have him throughout this whole thing and he's younger than me too so it's he keeps me kind of fresh kind of <laughs> no i'm just kidding and then yeah now we're back on primitive so we're finally on the same board company together oh how am i forgetting we're on a fucking grand grand collection so that mm-hmm. popped off so we got we've been traveling a bit for that we just got back from japan last year on our first big trip, we went down to New York a couple of times together. It's just been rad, and I look forward to any fucking sort of trip we have in the future. That's actually like an insane, because it's not like you guys are just on the same shop sponsor forever, which is, you know, maybe more common. Like, been doing oh, it. Yeah. Two kids out of Ottawa. It's fucked. Yeah, leaving that out, we both on top. Yeah, still true. To this, still to this day, like, <laughs> fuck. There's a few tricks that I feel like for some reason everyone on primitive can do <laughs> but i want to know correct me if i'm wrong but can everyone i swear can do nollie flip crooks and switch flip back tails um, maybe not everyone but i just feel like if you guys go to a demo it's like a race who's gonna switch flip back tail the rail first who's gonna switch flip back lip first who's gonna nollie flip crook the hub or rail like you guys all have those like fucking stock yeah that was that was strange like that was my first time doing a demo with them and i didn't know what to expect and it was fucking mayhem (laughs) like everywhere you looked you i was just constantly clapping my hands (laughs) no matter which way i turned my head like i was gonna be clapping for someone else yeah it was jacked man and that's another thing too is like i don't know you know you know my thinking or my way of thinking Safa and dono if I see someone nollie flip crook the hubba, I'm not going to nollie flip crook it. Yeah. I'm not going to nollie flip 50 it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to nollie flip nose it. I need to go completely in the other realm. Some people are totally fine doing that. Like Some people, like if I fucking nollie flip crook the hubba, someone who's warming up has no issue. Like Trent, Trent's this way. He'll come up and nollie crook it behind you just because he's got to go through his, his routine right. right, of warming up. I'm not that way at all. So fucking most demos and i don't want to blame it on that like i'm not blaming it on shit but um most demos was actually like what the fuck can i even do these dudes are landing everything and anything first try second try like all tries you know what i mean like i remember the first demo in london freaking i back 50 the hubba <laughs> and right behind me geo comes flying in and full cab nose grinds it <laughs> And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm working in brand new shoes, brand new board. I'm pretty hungover, I'm not going to lie. Man, it was, all right, I'm just going to go take my seat because, well, I tried to skate a little bit after, but you know what I mean? At that point, 
everyone's already warmed up. Everyone's firing on all cylinders. Like I'm, you don't, you don't want to see me miss fucking kick flips and backside flips over the head. You know, like <laughs> just the warm up. Yeah. I think, I think you're, I think you're good on that. So, uh, I can agree on the nollie flip crook. Everyone can nollie flip crook on the team pretty well. <laughs> We're nollie flip crookers. Um, switch, yo, what about switch flip back lips and switch flip back tails? Like how do P-Rod and, Ooh, and Carlos see, I'm not like a switch, I'm decide? I'm not a switch flip back lipper. Right. So, and I'm pretty sure Tiago, like I can't even throw any of those other dudes in the boat because I'm sure they could fucking do it if they wanted to. You know, like, I don't know. But yeah, the switch flip back tail, that's a good one. Because Paul and or Paul, Carlos, Tiago, they, they can whip those things out on anything. Yeah, and even like and things, Shane when Shane was on the team. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And like you won't even know what to, like you'll be like, oh, that's, that's not switch with back tailable. And then they'll fucking just come in and rifle a switch with back tail on it. <laughs> you know? So. Hey, well, yeah. you carved out your lane in, uh, <clears throat> in Berlin. You shut that demo down. That was dope. You're like, oh, no one's nollie flip crook this yet. Let me hit it quick. I don't know. Sometimes the mojo gets running and people, that park was pretty good where everyone was kind of away and skating up. It was a good big park and they were focusing on the ledges and the set and shit that I skated mostly, it was kind of away from the people, which kind of made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. And then, yeah. I just happened to get to those tricks first, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting to the first nollie flip crook must be hard. No apology necessary. And I mean, well, like that—that that also was the thing too, because if Nick was there, like he would have fucking probably switch inward heel up the set. So then, like you know what I mean, like all that shit. If Paul was skating, Paul was just like that was his first trip. He couldn't really skate, but if Paul was there, he would. He would have taken the switch hard down the set first try. And like, <laughs> there was just like, I was a fortunate circumstance at that demo. Yeah. So thank you for letting me get some, boys, you know? Nolly Big Flip nose, that's all you. I tip my hat to those guys. I don't even think I hit my nose on that. <laughs> You've done some of the best tricks on the famous LA high rail. Switch flip front feeb, heel back smith, front shove feeble. How hyped were you to see it come back and how did it compare to the original? super hyped but i don't i didn't know until i got there and i just skated it it it's different it's wider so i don't know if it if that makes it feel lower i don't want to say it's lower it just feels different because the older rail was uh thinner right. but god i don't i don't even i don't even want to fucking like lie in this situation it felt fucking good just being back there i don't, I don't know that rail has always treated me well and it's always just been fun. And just being in that corridor and being at that school for some reason, like it reminded me of simpler times because the last time I skated it was 15 years ago. That's crazy. So it, Jesus. You, dude, that's wild. So I don't know, it felt, and for some fucking odd reason, the, uh, the first time I skated, I skated it twice while I was out there. The first day I skated was just Merrick and uh, Eric and I, and for some reason, I just happened to be skating my board. And I, you guys know I don't skate my fucking board, like, maybe once a year. <laughs> and for some reason, I was skating, and I was just, like, it flipped over on one of the tries. And I didn't tell this to them, but in my head, I kind of tripped out. And I don't know why. I just feel like I'm talking to you guys, but I know everyone else is going to fucking hear this. <laughs> so I didn't think about that. But, um, yeah, it was just weird being, like, man, fucking... The last times I skated this thing, I was like an am. And now, I fuck, it's been 15 years. I'm riding my own board and I'm 
nothing's kind of changed. You know what I mean? Like I'm back at this fucking historic spot. Mm-hmm. They put the rail back in. It's I was just loving life at that time. I was just like, this is, this is why we skate. You know what I mean? For times like this, not for the fucking board and shit like that, but you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fucking so butters. Yeah, I, I hit you up. I'm like, yo, Diz, like, this shit's back. And I think you were still in Canada, and you're like, yep, we're lighting it up Saturday. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> no Wednesday, or which Wednesday, we did. We went Wednesday. The first day we went was Wednesday, but we didn't even need lights. It was dope. But yes, that rail is fun, Donovan. I think you'd like that rail too. No way. I swear you would. It's a tall flat bar. I think Donna would like it more than me for sure. Uh, I don't think yeah. I don't think I would have Donna. anything. Donna would like it way more than you. Safa prefers low, long oh, wedges. Yeah. <laughs> and I prefer high short ones. So yeah. It it would work out, I guess. Really? Nah. No. Nah, that's just <laughs> someone put us in that box. Who did that? Feedback Ted. I oh shit! <laughs> this yeah. was before he was the homie though, and I took a, I got offended. Safa likes long. I don't even want to say long mellow because you just like long fucking rails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll hop on a front board and sit on it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those that caution to the wind. Yeah, for those that don't know Safa, he's fearless. It's, it's yeah, it's an, you won't get the laugh that we get out of it. But it's so true. <laughs> That's the best part is it's so true. There's nothing funner than those <laughs> sessions at Dunbat when we would just try every trick from start to finish on the long flat bar. The whole way. Dude, we're still doing 18 that. 18 feet, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we're still doing that. I know. I just, this year. just haven't been around. Yeah, let's do it this summer. Come summer. Let's get it. You were involved in purchasing... The Skate Loft, legendary skate park in Toronto this past fall. Take us behind the scenes on how that all went down and uh, what it took to keep it alive, man. I was introduced to the owner of Skate Loft, Evie, a long time ago at the old Skate Loft. And I guess, yeah, he just grew into becoming a close friend like all of us. And um, when we had to pull that overnight heist, like gone in 60 seconds and move the fucking old loft to the new loft and cut out the the side of the fucking like you essentially the skate park was on the second yes, floor of a building it's hard to explain and rather than take everything <laughs> apart and build it at the new loft what happened was you rented a crane yes cut the side of the wall on the second story of the building but because only because we had 24 hours to be completely it was out. a midnight Dude, move it was, yeah, yeah it was a midnight move that's basically how it went down. You craned everything through the wall rather than take it apart and rebuild. I wasn't there, but Cody showed me pictures, and that was, like, the most insane shit I've ever seen. So it got to the point where Evie had another kid. He had way more obligations than he had before. He had more responsibilities, and we're basically came to the point where we could help him out and alleviate some of those responsibilities with the park and that's what he wanted to do so now we own the park there's seven of us it's a group of seven all we want from the skate loft is to give a good a great environment for kids and also we benefit from it because we got our own park which i've always wanted a park but if we can help kids give them a place to just come and hang out and be themselves and fucking skate and leave their issues at home and also be respectful 
and learn a bunch about themselves and like i was saying before is skateboarding breaks down all fucking stigmas and like stereotypes of like snowboarding you need money you need money you need transportation you need to be able to buy a lift ticket you need to go up there skateboarding all you need is just fucking a piece of but you just need a skateboard and a place to do it you know if you look at like all the different cultures and ethnicities behind it the age groups the the monetary place of where these guys come from it's all different levels yeah you know like it breaks down all those fucking stereotypes and it teaches you so much about yourself that honestly a lot of sports couldn't just because of the way it is you know like you have to be persistent you have to want to get up after fucking getting hit in the shin no other fucking sport minus a few is going to do that oh for sure man it's uh it's awesome i'm so happy you guys did it i can't imagine how shitty it would be in the winter in toronto without skate loft man so hats off to you guys for keeping a place for the kids to skate and for us man i see it firsthand i know that me and you used to always be on the night shift together at the skate loft (laughs) unfortunately i've had to switch shifts and now i'm doing the morning shift (laughs) So I'm, I'm there at the crack of dawn these days as opposed to at night. And uh, every weekend, there's a, little, there's a kid's birthday party or there's lessons going on. And one of the group of seven are coming in on their day off to run it for the kids and be there and make sure that it's all happening. So definitely, I got to say thanks to all you guys too. And salute to you guys for keeping it up and running because doing uh doing a great thing for the scene man donald you getting your uh, half cab crooks for breakfast in <laughs> always doc me and uh yeah yeah i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> so your social media game has stepped up in a major way the last year or so yeah we're finally seeing you post on a regular basis in a major way Un- <laughs> unfortunately it's not quite what we're looking for you're consistently reposting pics of other people riding your boards <laughs> oh, and skating their shoes. When are you going to give the people the content they really want? You own a skate park now, and you're there more than the average person is at their 9 to 5. So give the people what they want, and we want more Wade clips, man. When are we going to see it? Soon. Very soon. And that, damn, you, you had me fucking feeling some sort of way, and then crushed me down. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm doing... I was so hyped. I was like, damn, I'm I watch doing, the story every day, no sick. matter what. I'm like, yeah, my stories are popping. But, yeah. No, I get it. I'm so fucking... Dude, it's... I don't know why it's so tough for me to do it. I really don't. It's, it just still feels pretentious. And I know that's fucking not accurate. But soon, I'm... It's also, it's also the thing where if I feel... Like, dude, you, you're right. I have a park. The things that I learn on a daily basis and like sometimes i post my story like i want to save those for a part because i know it loses at least when i watch it 100 percent. if i see someone do it in a park and then i see them like do that same trick or a lower version of that trick in a street part dude i'm fucking i'm bummed Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm so bummed so i i also from the old school yeah i want to save it for a part and i man the amount of times i'm like oh i'm gonna save that for a street spot and i have that conflict in my head all the time where i'm just like you know what just fucking post it who gives a shit because 
who knows if you're ever going to be able to do it again or if you're ever going to find a spot to do it at. Find the spot. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest one is finding a spot for the, the techest of tech tricks you do at a skate park. Like, Yeah. But it's also, I don't know, I have that battle with myself of like, there might be that spot that I fucking find and well, it hasn't worked out mm-hmm. that way yet. At least for like, I, I would say three of them. Yes, I found a spot for it, but there's a lot, it's safe and knows there's a list, so... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we we got high expectations now, bro. You got a skate park. The fire's been lit under your ass. There'll be an edit. I'll I'll come out with an, a little edit soon, sooner than later, from the park, which I've been wanting to do for a long time and unfortunately haven't done it. You got the Toronto barracks to yourself, man. Soon, soon come. Soon come. Hell yeah. Thanks, Dono. Thanks for the big ups, bro. We're all good friends with one of the true goats of the Toronto skate scene. Great friends. Uh, a real uncut gem <laughs> that we haven't really unleashed on the world yet. We're kind of just like keeping them in our back pocket. Like we're, we're waiting. We got something good. You'll hear from them soon. Cody Brown, the one and only. Codes B on Instagram. <laughs> Yellow Wolf's number one fan. <laughs> Claims... Claims he's bigger than Drake. Oh, God. Um, can you give us one of your favorite Cody stories? We've all been friends with him for so long. We've all got a lot. But what's the first one that comes to your mind, Wade? The time at Strat. At Stratinger's. Oh, fuck. I'm local, so mad I missed that one. local watering hole. <laughs> but I'm down to hear the story but again. You, you heard rumbling. <laughs> yeah. Man, I don't... Okay, long story. Like, super long. So we're all together. It's one of our birthdays. I'm fucking positive of that. Yeah, it's and me, you, and Cody, and, like, a bunch of other guys. A bunch of, a bunch of friends. It was, like, two different groups of friends, too, because Jen and her friends were yeah. there that night. Well, they're always mm-hmm. there, but... <laughs> yeah. We were drinking, and this place is pretty unique in the way that there's two or there's two pool tables up front, and then... A, sit, a seating area then the bar and then upstairs kind of tucked away there's another seating area and then there's an outside smoking like lounge which nowhere else in fucking toronto allows that no so this is when we all smoked so we were all up there smoking i was like yo it's fucking uh half an hour till like it last call mm-hmm. so i go down and i'm waiting to freaking be served and I'm seriously just waiting there forever. Like, literally, the whole half an hour fucking passed. It's like 10 after by this point, And the dude comes back down, comes from fucking wherever he was, actually. Oh, we know where he was. Yeah, exactly. Fucking high out of his fucking tree. He <laughs> can't even formulate, like, a sentence. Like, legit. Looks at me, he's like, oh, you want your bill? And I was like, but bro, I've been here for 45 minutes. Like, you're going to pour me a drink. <laughs> And you're going to pour all my friends' drinks. Like, that's what I'm here for. I've been waiting for so long. And it's actually, like, one of the times where I actually... Because, you know, everyone says, like, oh, I went down there and I waited there for half an hour. and But, like, they really mm-hmm. dipped after, like, two. We knew all the workers there. Yeah, yeah, Except yeah. for this guy that was the one guy we one weren't tight with. Douchebag. Yeah. So, he he refuses to sell me anything. He's like, oh, sorry, dude, we're closed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, there's no fucking way. Like, no. Like, I actually waited there for 40 minutes. <laughs> didn't move. Watched everybody up there come to the balcony and be like, what's up, Wade? Like, I'm like, I'm getting the drinks. If he ever comes back, like, fuck. <laughs> so then finally he, like, 
he ba- like codes comes up the the legend of codes emerges right it's the savior and he's like what's going on like i'm like oh <laughs> fucking dude won't pour me the drink code starts getting into it with him a little bit dude just wouldn't budge fuck he's like all right well you got to pay and get out and i was like no like you're giving me another drink and then code's yeah, like we're not leaving yeah and he was like no you're okay well whatever i'm just hiding your card here until you want to pay cuz my card was there for yeah, you had a tab coll- collateral, yeah. So he walks away, he puts my card away, and then walks away. And freaking Codes B, he's like, well, fuck this. Jumps no, it was me. Huh? I got the card. Yeah, hold up. So I go around the bar to get the card, <laughs> and then he comes running like a bat out of hell <laughs> at me while I'm behind the bar. And he's just trying to tackle me down, but he's like a, just a tiny little fella. Yeah, but so I remember- I'm just like holding him off and like laughing. And Cody's losing his mind. Go, he jumps over the bar and starts grabbing this guy to like grab a hold of him. And then someone pulled Cody off of the bar, and like Cody's huge, obviously pulls him off the bar, and Cody falls on top of the guy, and then just like all hell broke loose. See, like, I remember it totally, like, not totally different. I remember him helping you and then you dealing with that dude. And then Cody went to pour a drink. Yeah, that's what I heard. And then, and, then, and then that's when that other dude got so uptight. He was like, no, no, you're not pouring a drink. And fucking started, like, because I was right there. And you had the other dude fucking situated on the side, which is also funny because I remember that dude coming around the corner and you were still trying to find my card among like four different yeah. cards. And I was yeah. just like, dude, that must have looked so funny that, that dude just turned around. You got like eight cards in your hand behind the desk. Dude, he was like running. I'm like, what is he going to do when he gets to me? Like <laughs> run me over or something? But yeah, Codes was like, fuck this. And they like started pouring a beer. And that's when the other dude got so uptight and was like, no, you can't fucking. Blah. Codes was like dangling him off with one hand still trying to fill the beer and then the dude like grabbed him and they rolled over the fucking bar and yes and then you guys had to take off obviously and i had to wait there for the cops to come for him to give him my card Mm -hmm. oh man codes Codes b codes b legendary story don't get in between him and his steam whistle (laughs) it was steam whistle too (laughs) the greatest story codes of course so yeah had to go pour the beer and obviously like everyone else that was above and outside had no idea what was going on <laughs> no no clue what was going on it's like oh this just happened and they're like no way like everyone was all fucking hammered <laughs> like no that didn't just happen but and, and then <laughs> didn't cody get banned he got me banned oh <laughs> we all got we banned. all got yeah. banned. not from that night but, though but that guy like was barely even working there there was like such a random night that it was that guy in charge so like we all just went back the next week or so like it was chill love the love the cody story another person love you codes that we're huge fans of wondering if maybe you have a story is paul trepp the legend yeah paul trepp and i when you're talking about la high paul trepp and i used to go to la high back with like mike stanfield like mike ando the film bot filmer yeah we used to go there with him when we were both staying at uh, mike's house and like grab a case of corona and just skate the rail. Damn. Like, not go there with, like... Obviously, we had things in mind, but we'd just be like, oh, let's just go skate LA High. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, the kick front feeble and Paul's uh, top dollar part. I think that's in top No, dollar. I think it was Is, in... Uh, wasn't it in RDS? 
skate, yeah, skate yeah, party or RDF. whatever. Yeah, 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 you're right. I was like, that's before that time, or that's after that time. That is from one of those nights where I'm sure we both drank like 10 beers and we're just skating and, <laughs> and fucking, just like, I don't know. It was, I miss those times with Paul because you never knew what you were getting yourself into a trip yeah. until it's already, until it's done and then it's a memorable story. You know, like there's, I don't know. That's that's one of the only ones that comes to mind about that, like in its entirety. Is like I missed those days with Paul. That's a good story. Like he kicked front feeble, did joking around. Yeah, I still do. I mean, I just did, but I always ask you about Trep. What Trep's up to? What the fuck clips behind the scenes? Like, that's one of the most like low key dudes that. Fuck! I wish I spent more time around him, like in his prime. You know what I mean? Because he's so mind blowing to watch. Yeah, like people don't even understand. Like he was switchback nose bunning the plaza rail, fucking joking around. <laughs> years like fifteen years ago. Yeah. Or no, like what, ten years ago? Yeah. No, he was some like that. Ahead of the game. Switchback back lipping Holly or not Hollywood. Switchback back lip. He put the that shit was funny as hell. He put the switchback lip fakie and then switchback back lip fakie down Belmont. No, not Belmont. Was what's that one? The uh, Hollywood. No, fuck. Beverly. Beverly, yeah, yeah. Beverly. He did it on Beverly and then put the clip out on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And you're just like, what? I don't know. I have nowhere to put it. I just thought people might want to see it. I'm like, dude, you are fucked. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like Darrell and yeah, yeah, yeah. how he didn't know like how advanced the shit he was doing was. The day he did back nose blunt down Clipper, he was more hyped on meeting Ted DeGroe than actually landing back nose oh, blunt. Oh, yeah, that was Nolly back nose blunt. But um, I swear, yo, Trep was like on par with like p-rod and shane o'neill just like at the end of his like gnarliest days like when he did that switch flip back lip fakie on beverly like shane o'neill had it back to switch like in a trans world video at the same time and p-rod mm-hmm. had switched back nose blunted it around those times and i remember trep trying fakie frontside flip to switch back nose blunt probably 15 he, years ago at so yeah Park. but he did it he did it in that contest at South Park. Yeah, yeah, like on the eight rail. Down the fucking, yeah, it, minus, it wasn't a big rail. Like, for those, of us, for those of you listening, it wasn't a real handrail, but it was a legit rail going down that you would find at a skate park, down an eight stair. Yeah. It fakey flip front blunt. <laughs> like, no one's done that yet. Mm-hmm. And he did that in a freaking contest years ago. And probably just like not even caring. Just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It worked. I I wish he got the shine he deserved. He was always just like a low-key legend. He would have been the first one. He would have done it by now, 100%. He would have switched with back nose bone at a handrail. Oh, for sure. He had the switch flip so dialed in a switch backside flip. Like, man, I was waiting for it. But yeah. Shout out to you, Paul. Miss you, fam. Hope you're good. Love you, buddy. No doubt. Last but not least, we've noticed that you always roll up your pants nowadays. What's the deal with that? Is it possible to one day see a return of the style god Wade D from the top dollar days? <laughs> you guys are stupid. <laughs> Why do I roll up my pants? <laughs> that's the question? The question is Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, that's the question. The question What's is that? when you heard Can us? you roll them back down? My favorite clip of yours in um in the newer yeah, in the, Encore the was Fakey Heel fake, nose yeah. grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fakey yeah, yeah, heel yeah, switchback yeah. five oh back one eighty. Yeah. And you sent me the text. 
saying it was specifically because my pants were down. No, the the clip was insane, <laughs> but <laughs> I just my thing. You added <laughs> my thing with when people, not just you, when people roll up their pants like that. I'm just distracted by the fucking leg. I just want to see the clip. It's different from shorts. I don't know why, but okay. I'll put it to you this way. I don't want to, I'm not going to say I was the first to do it because obviously I wasn't, but the generation that we come from, right? And maybe me more so than you guys. Like I was such a big photosynthesis fan and fucking. Oh, we going dill? This, not, not even dill, it was more Kalis and like the swishy pants and you would hike them up. And that era of like, I always wanted those swishy pants. And I never got them. I had sweats. I had the cargos. But back then, the cargos, like, you weren't going to roll up the cargos. That wasn't a trend. Unless you did one leg. But I'm white, so I would get labeled some gnarly if I did that. Dude, you still do, did that. You did that in Boston with your sweatpants. One pant leg? No, don't worry about Yeah. You did your fakie tray over that thing no, with one I pant leg. Didn't. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. Well, you were rocking that with those sweatpants. Not one pant leg. I swear mm-hmm. you did. No, no. There's video evidence. Y'all tripping. Yeah, you did. No, you fucking tripping. <laughs> <laughs> you tripping. Don't front. Okay, well, you're going to have to put the video evidence on. Oh, on, we'll take on, this on quote to, and yeah. slap that yeah. right on there. All right. No problem. With the sweats? Yeah. So I'm not going to just do one leg. Yeah, you did. Yeah, with <laughs> wanna, your big OVO black wanna, hoodie on I and your see gray this. sweatpants. With the sweats, oh, yeah. I want to see this. Okay, so anyways. Right. So going forward... Years ago when I was on DGK and they started making the cargos again. And they were like, for some reason, I felt like they were super baggy on me. And I was hot out. And I was like, oh, shit, they got the cinch. So I tied them and I was like, instantly in my head, I was fucking catapulted back to like photosynthesis days. And I was like, hell yeah, this shit's steep. Like, (laughs) this shit's dope. I always wanted to do this and I never could. And then it just became like a kind of like a comfortability thing like it feels good to i don't know i i feel better about my skating when i'm hot and i could roll up my pants like that and it brings me to a time in my head of happier skating and simpler times i don't know it just feels good to me mm-hmm. i'm sorry Seifa. that's all fine and dandy but when can we get the a glimpse of quaid these back soon and to anyone who doesn't know good. what that is look I'm up i'm not gonna be rolling up jeans but you know <laughs> Jeans are getting back in the rotation. If I mean, hey, if I, I can never go back outside and film again. I'll, you know. Hey, 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 hey. hey film hey. some other shit. Yo, to anyone listening right now, just if you want to see my favorite era of Wade kits, <laughs> type in uh, Wade Desarmo. Uh, what was that shit called? The playground. playground. I don't. I don't know. Your favorite fucking era. The playground. Uh, yeah, the glimpse of things, right? A glimpse of Wade. See, I don't know, dude. That's like, I hated that dressing era. <laughs> that, yeah, like, right. I swear, dude, my hair drives me nuts when I watch this. No, no, the hair was these, yo. Switch tray 5-0 the hubba. A glimpse it's of so Quaid. Bad. Soon. My next part, I mean, I filmed a clip recently and no pant leg rolled up. Ooh! In, in, yeah! in swishy pants. It's a so. celebration. He's back. <laughs> So usually our last question is what's next for Wade Desarmo, but we're going to switch it up in the COVID chronicles. Let's go. What are you looking for most once this pandemic... Let me do it again. <laughs> what am I looking for? What are you looking most forward to once this pandemic is passed? Everything that comes with not being in here. 
Give us one thing. Skating you know. outside, Come filming, on. being with you guys, doing anything. Legit. Right, we'll cut that to being with us. Yeah. Sounds good to us. For real. Love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to filming and actually putting some parts out. I really want to do that. Do you have any TV show, movie, Survivor, book, podcast recommendations for the people while they're um, isolating? I mean, I'm not a... Uh, you guys know this more than anything. I'm a movie guy. Yeah. So I like to watch movies. I don't watch shows. I watch reality shows, if you can put it like that. But I don't. Legend. Not like that. Like I, I'm such a big fan of Survivor. Like I got back into Survivor like three years ago, and for some reason I fucking binged all of them. So there's a new episode right now that's super sick. Um, <laughs> Is it right now? It's like all former winners. Yeah, yeah right? it's winners. Winners at war. So okay, it's uh, on at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. This guy's actually. Are you serious right <laughs> it now? Comes, it comes. He works. Hey, hey, he it, works it, for Survivor. It comes on after Jeopardy, which I also watch with my girl every night. Any movie? Yeah, movies are good. Fucking give the Survivor. people like one or two movies to watch. Like we're looking for a couple specifics for people that are bored. Yeah, all-time faves. All-time yeah. favorite movie is Hook. Like Captain Hook. Captain Hook, like the Peter Pan with Robin yeah. Williams. Yeah. Hook. Oh, sick. That was on TV a couple nights ago, too, which obviously, I don't know. I just watched it. You must be the only man still watching cable television out here, man. Maybe. I watch cable. uh, We always talk about it. I got cable television to watch. I love cable sports. sports. I know both of you. There's no sports. But Dono at least fucking streams shows like a normal person because there's no sports on. You're just actually watching everything and commercials all day. No, hell no. I mean, Survivor, I have uh, Rogers on Demand. So okay, I just, okay. um, I mean, we've all watched Stranger Things. That's the only show I've watched. Oh, all right. So to recap, Wade recommends Hook and Survivor and Jeopardy. I mean, what, dude, I watched, <laughs> so moving I watched right every along. freaking movie. What do you want from me? Like, Hook is good. Shawshank Redemption. Um, the, the, dude, there's so many good movies. Yeah, Tron's another one of my favorite. Now my girl's speaking up. Like, there's, oh, dude, there's, every, yeah, Tron's a great one. Fucking anything, man. What, what am I thinking of the most, babe? What am I fucking forgetting? Rocky. Slaughterhouse. Rocky. I'm a, I'm a, oh, the Rockies. There we go. That's a good. That's Rockies a, are I like good. That. I was thinking um, more of like new shit because I'm sure most people have this seen This is the Rocky. worst lineup of yeah. entertainment. <laughs> They're just there is, like. Man. You know, I'm trying. This is an all-time woke list right I'm now. Trying to, you know what? I'm trying to get every section pegged. For entertainment, <laughs> this is what I'm going to recommend. From this interview, anyone who's not from Canada or Toronto, Google <laughs> Cody Brown and Paul Tripp. Or sorry, YouTube them and just watch all their old parts because they're both legends. There you go. There you go. Cody Brown's social withdrawal. Yeah. Let's go. Great Cody part. Brown skate, just in case there's another Cody Brown out there. K-O-T-Y. K-O-T-Y. Yeah, K-O-T-Y. There you go. Yo, yo, yo. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's an honor to be brought to you by Thunder Trucks. Thunder Trucks has a stack of pro trucks hitting skate shop cases everywhere. From Guy Mariano, Jamie Foy, and Alexis Sablone, plus OG, polished in every size and style you need. Blue Tile Lounge, Cowtown Skateboards, Beyond Skate Australia, and Black Sheep UK have you covered. Stay safe out there and support your local skate shop if you can. Wade D put me onto Thunders last summer and I ain't looked back since. You dig?
Thunder Trucks, the only grind. So to all the listeners out there who aren't aware, Wade was the first rapid fire ever. Episode, what was it? Three, season one. And uh, now you're back for your third. Episode two. Yeah, my bad, my bad. First person ever to have his third rapid fire. And it's changed a bit over the years, but I'm sure you can uh, rifle these off. Let's go bring it. Favorite skater? Tiago. Favorite video? Skate video? Trilogy. Hey, fucking Captain Hook. (laughs) 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 Favorite video part? Gino Trilogy. Favorite style? Gino. (laughs) (laughs) Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Gino or Tom Penny? Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Fuck. Ashad? Favorite trick? Frenchev. Hardest trick for you? Heel flips. Oh, God. Switch front crook. I can't even let you get away with this. Heel flip, you mean the trick that you heel flipped into a backsmith on a yeah. handrail? Or switch front crook, the trick you fakey flipped into? Fuck yeah, but that's here. A switch front crook alling into it, it's different than like, I could fakey switch front crook and hold it for days. Safe, but, I but can't one time he asked me to it. teach him how to feeble grind. So. <laughs> like, let's not be. Let's, what are you doing? You got these like fucking. Let's get back up. on track before we. We could go for days. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fools. Most illegal trick. Ah, fucking lip slide ledges. Or fuck, I hate salad grinds. Double flips. Fuck, I don't know. Most illegal though. Yeah. Uh, salad grind. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? That line at Sans. With the tray flip? Woo! Kick, kick yeah. crooks? Yeah. Kickback nose grind. Yeah. Don't. Off the top of my head, that's the quickest thing I can think of Bro, right Don't now. disrespect that kickback nose grind by calling it a crook, motherfucker. I'm not even. You guys don't even know. That whole line is for the nollyback 5 0. Yeah, that was bless us. Because I can't nollyback 5 0. And that. No, that day I can nollyback 5 0. Now I can, I've since learned how to nollyback 5 0 well. But say, then I couldn't. Say, what's your favorite clip of him? Well, do you remember? Wait, do you remember that one time when I screenshotted a bunch of things of you and we were like having that Instagram battle? I'll probably go with one of those. Oh, let's go with um, let's go with Backsmith front one eighty into the bank in the KO oh. video. Yeah. Scarecrow. He be. <laughs> I love that one. What's yours, Donald? Yo, uh, maybe switch pop shove over the couch. Really? Oh, yeah. I hate Ill that kit. clip, dude. I hate the that Ill clip. Kit. Either that or maybe fakey flip 5-0 at Makba. That was sick, yeah. It's hard to think off top, but gnarliest <laughs> trick you've ever witnessed. Uh, Diego, switch barely healing a table. What's the one trick that got away? I would say this trick at Pier 7, actually. A long time ago, I was trying to nolly, nolly backside big spin. Or, yeah, nolly backside. Nolly big spin back nose blunt. And it was right when, like, Pier 7 was coming to an end. Some of them were capped, some of them weren't. There was one that wasn't, and I almost fucking landed it so many times. This was so long ago, it was, I wasn't even pro yet. It was, it would have been, I can't nollie big spin. It's fucking, it just would have been sick. 
the photo, the dude shooting the sequence was already like, like having it or already had it like laid out pretty much for like the fucking article, the the last thing done on pier, and it would have been fucking dope. Damn, damn. It was a it it wasn't done at the time. It was I wasn't in magazines a lot at the time. It was it would have just been fucking dope. And I still want to do a Nolly Bigsman back nose bun because I've never done one. <laughs> so thank you for that reminder. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Probably my kickflip down fucking that double set in Vancouver. <laughs> Black ice. <laughs> Black ice, yeah. I mean, I got a funny story. It is like a bunt, but it's like a happy bunt. It's uh, Dave Nolan. <laughs> Shout out to you, Dave. Love you, miss you. Fucking remember the Gertain rails in Ottawa? Yeah. The 12 stairs? Yeah. So I remember I went there one day with him. And he wanted to backsmith it. And he was warming up and he was like, dude, I just can't get myself to try. I can't get myself to try. And kept back 50ing it. And then he back 5 0 it three times in a row. Damn. Jesus. Actually trying to backsmith it. He was like, <laughs> I can't. I just, I just can't. Dude, I can't dip it. But, he, dude, the thing is, is he wasn't even stoked on the back 5 0. And I was fucking. Way more hyped. Like, I was amazed, like flabbergasted. You know what I mean? And he was like, dude, fuck. And then I think the back 5-0 ended up being a photo or an ad in the next FEC. <laughs> it was so funny. But he was just, he was so bummed. He was like, dude, I can't dip it. I just can't get myself to dip it. Fuck, like, fuck. He was like losing his mind. And I was just sitting at the top of the stairs like, dude, that's incredible what you're doing. Yeah. He's fucked I, up. I think that's gnarlier, like way gnarlier. It's way gnarlier. That's what I'm saying. But he was so bummed. But that's like, I guess it was a bunt. He bunted a backsmith, but did a back 5-0. I like that. It. Shouts to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? No slide, nollie heel the fakie from Johnny Tang. I think I think actually that is it. Johnny Tang posted one. So no slide, nollie heel the fakie. Okay, Sorry. okay. You're trying to open that can of worms so you can get the switch tail, switch heels out that way and shit. So yeah, shout out Johnny. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hope all is well in Shanghai, Johnny. Mm-hmm. What's your dream job after skating? Anything that I'm happy doing. I'm so scared of doing something I don't want to do. I just want to be happy. Money's not an issue. Real talk, man. Favorite local brand? The Bunt? Oh, shit. Yeah! Well, you, guys are, you, guys, you guys are brand, right? Yeah. We, we hella local. I mean, we worldwide, but we local. <laughs> but obviously, like fucking uh studio even though that's not local anymore that shit's blown up blue collar blue collar all that yep. latchkey all those boys favorite local skater schmeet well for those who aren't in our circle can you <laughs> actually say his name <laughs> morgan smith even though i love you all but i skate with morgan a lot more and he is fucking funny let me tell you. <laughs> Roast. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? I don't regret riding for him. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a regret. I don't, I don't regret riding for anybody, but the one thing that probably stands out to me is like, why was I even getting wheels from this company was Satori. Oh, that's so random. So yeah, like I'm pretty sure if the fucking people behind Satori knew that I was getting wheels, this little fucking hip-hop kid wearing <laughs> shit way too big from some suburb in canada they would have been like okay that's enough let's <laughs> stop sending this fucking dude some shit but i don't regret it i appreciated the wheels favorite teammate ever still my favorite teammate spenny worst teammate ever 
Spenny. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess it would have to be AJ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, off off top, it's AJ. But we're cool. AJ is Aaron Johnson. Uh, for yeah. our listeners, can reference back to Aaron Johnson's rapid fire. Yeah, Wade officially fires back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the title. <laughs> Worst company. I'm not a Pepsi fan because I'm a Coke kid. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> Worst trend. I personally don't like the fucking 80s trend that came back. Like the baggy pants that like fucking are too baggy that go over the shoes and then your shirt's like a medium. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird when everyone starts dressing a certain way so drastically and so like quickly mm-hmm. yeah. and then you start seeing everybody and they're all on it it's like holy shit it's enough the originator probably looks cool as fuck doing it but some people just try to take it extra ways and think it's a thing and yeah i don't know love it you can hate me with my fucking pants up <laughs> <laughs> it's fine worst style dave coin oh, oh fucking more storm hate. Wade, God you're a horrible it. person. No, he's doing. He's he's fucking doing. Uh, what's that shit? The when he grabs the board, the Sal flips down sets and shit like street mm. grabs. That's a no. Yo, real shit. Yeah, I so. liked Dave Coyne when I was younger. Last person you want on the sesh, dude. These are gnarly. Hey man, you came to us and asked to do this. Oh yeah. Coronavirus, bro. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Real shit. But can we still sip Coronas? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> can this we still just sip said, Coronas? Damn. I got uh, some in my fridge, and I ain't, I ain't giving those up. You heard? Thanks for having me again, boys. It's been fun. Hey, thank you so much. These Appreciate are you. Crazy times, unprecedented times, and uh, I feel like it's our civic duty. To try and give the people a little entertainment. So thanks for blazing the trail. For sure. But at the same time, everybody stay inside and be safe. uh, Right? Wade's been begging us for seasons to get back on the airwaves. So we had to make it happen. (laughs) I really appreciate it. I got so much to say. (laughs) It's been fucking awesome, boys. Congrats on all your fucking success. You guys crush it. It's awesome to be back on the pod with y'all. Thanks, brother. Keep killing these streets well, when we can get back out there. Mm-hmm. Love y'all. Love you too. Obrigado. Welcome to the post office. Make sure to get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com. All right, ghost, who we got up you first? You got mail. First off, we got a nice little email from Calvin. Let's see what's really good. Have you guys touched on the Joslyn tray yet? Make or nah? It's kind of like Schrodinger's land. It both was and wasn't a make. He landed and rolled away until his body weight shifted back like 10 feet away, but it also wouldn't be clean enough for him to claim. Like if someone ever actually did it and rode into the sunset, you'd have to give him the NBD to that guy. Cheers, Calvin. I appreciate the email, but come on, Calv. 
Are you kidding me? I mean, you said it yourself. It clearly wasn't a fake. I mean, that's what you call highway robbery, and it's unfortunate, but in no no way, no how does that count as a make. All right, Calvin, I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm going to take care of this email just like I took care of you in the fantasy football playoffs. I'll allow Tom Brady to Chris Hogan four years back. Let's keep it moving. Ah, let's keep it moving, dog. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Brad Petering. What up, y'all? Brad from L.A. here. Loving the pod more than ever in these trying times. I've been wondering, the premium that you put on legality seems to throw a lot of quote-unquote unconventional skaters under the bus. Obviously, people like Richie Jackson and William Spencer, the skate ninja, even though they are capable of doing interesting things occasionally, fall firmly into the kooky side of the spectrum. But I was wondering if there were any weird skaters that earn your respect. For example, Goyu Miyagi. Even though on paper his tricks would seem as kooky as could be, he wins me over anyways. Maybe it's because he seems like a genuine eccentric, unlike those other guys that seem to be trying too hard to be weird. Or Matt Rodney Mullen on Basalt's Tomasello, who gets over on his DIY punk rock charm. Anyways, keep up the good work. Peace. It's kind of harsh to put guys in this box that don't do it to themselves, but another guy that comes to mind would be Jamal Smith of Palace. He's a little eccentric, got a bag of tricks of his own, but I fuck with it. Hell yeah, that's an amazing pick. Uh, definitely back that unique dude, but he's got the charisma to fucking back it. Yo, he's the man. Uh, I'm going to go with... This is... 99% of his tricks are on point, but Gustav does some random ass loose shit sometimes. Like, you know where he does the like, he like slides his board between the wheels and the deck. Yeah. Like if you watch enough Gustav parts, there's like, you know, a percentage of those tricks are kind of wacky, but I consistently turn a blind eye because he's one of my favorites of all time. All right, next up, we got an email from Jamie Keegan. Hey, you zesty lemon beast. <laughs> Big J here, coming at you from southeast London. You smell me, family. I reckon you boys been around long enough to answer me this question. What do you man over there in the great white north call those dusty kids who always be hanging around the skate park and shit, wearing fucking skinny J's and Hello Kitty backpacks? This side of the pond, we call them either Grebos, Goths, or Moshers. Either way, these Tim Burton cock jockers need to fucking leave the skate park and try their nightmare flips on some haunted flat ground elsewhere. Let me know what you boys call these nitties over in Canada, eh? Loving the pod, geezers. Only thing getting me through these trying times. Keep season 11 rolling, baby. Sweet one, boys. Oh, and shouts to East London skate crew while I'm at it. Still, Jamie. We call them the Barrier Cult <laughs> at our our local skate park, uh, Dunbat. There's like just like a barrier in one of the corners, and that's where those peeps just chill. We got love for most of the Barrier Cult, actually, a bunch of homies. But there's people that just like kind of live there day and night. It's a party, you know. what I'm saying the later into the night it gets, the more turnt that corner of the skate park gets. But yeah, that's basically just the barrier gang here. But in general at a skate park, I don't know if we have a term. Thanks for the email, mate. Or 
mates <laughs> Australia, right? Yeah. All right. Next up, we got an email from Iman Monk. Yo, Bunt Boys. Been a big fan of the pod for a while now and want to give you all some huge praise for the show. You guys consistently mix in the right amount of comedy and realism into each episode and get right down to the brass tacks with every interview. Woo! This guy's nice, man. Hey, thanks, bro. The music is always on point and the intros just get better and better every season. I gotta say, the bunt single-handedly reignited the spark for skateboarding in me and got me back to my regular skating self after several years of depression and lack of interest in my hobbies, and I can't thank you enough for that. Got a quick question for you, boys. What is the single kookiest brand to ever come out of Canadian skateboarding? And also, with Canada at some points being considered the back burner compared to skating down south, do you think some of these kooky brands gave an underdog drive to our skaters that helped us get to where we are as a country in skateboarding today? Everybody knows that the real ones come from the great white north, baby. Anyway, love what you guys do and keep up the killer content. Lots of love from BC. Well, that's a hell of an email right there, dog. It's my favorite one. Wow. Yeah. I mean, me and Donald love doing the bunt. It's brought like such a fun aspect to our life. But if there ever is any doubt that creeps in about, oh, should we do this? Not that there is, but emails like this keep us motivated and pumped up. So thank you. And we're, we're glad we could inspire you to get back on the board, man. That's crazy. As far as Canadian brands that were a little kooky, I feel like we're far enough removed. I can throw this one out there. Red Star Skateboards that I was a part of for a few years there and uh, actually have nothing but good memories. Awesome team skating with dudes I looked up to and some of my best friends. But it was through West 49 and the name never got changed, man, because Red Star was like basically the shop board brand for West 49. And I feel like we all felt like we should have just changed the name to kind of disassociate a little bit at the time, but it wasn't the best look, but it was great times with great people. The easy answer might be like West 49 as a whole or Red Dragon for their jockey vibe, but I mean, I was a fan of RDSFSU, so I'd be lying if I threw that one out there. But when we were kids, there was uh, a skate brand called Play Dead Skateboards. And the owner would drive a hearse around. So anything that's involving one of those is an easy one for me, man. I'm going to go play dead. <laughs> Shouts to Sixer. I think part two of that was, did those kooky Canadian brands make us underdogs? I don't think so, because I bet you for every kooky Canadian brand, there was two kooky American ones. Or five. That's yeah. Country's like way bigger than ours. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, one weird thing was uh, definitely the RDS thing where I, I feel like a lot of skaters had like an internal struggle where it was like RDS helped them get some notoriety and really come up through the ranks, Canadian ranks through RDS. Like it was a nice platform, but then sometimes other companies wouldn't be comfortable with them riding for RDS. So they'd have to choose like, okay, do I want to have this sponsor, which means I have to quit RDS, but I don't know. Uh, some politics that we probably shouldn't get into <laughs> yeah anyways thanks again for the email legendary glad to hear you on the board keep up the good vibes dog 
moving right along. We got an email from Jaded145. What's up, Bunt Gang? Thank you for dropping another barn burner season upon us in our greatest time of need. Beyond appreciative, y'all are some real ones. First off, what the hell happened to Ted DeGrow? How could the industry drop the ball on someone with that style and pop, especially in the early 2000s? He could have fit in so well with so many legendary camps, but he just disappeared. Secondly, what is the proper pronunciation? Been a fan regardless, and I have to thank you guys for getting me to revisit the North video again recently. Thanks again. Much love from Boston. What happened to Ted DeGrow? I think that's how you pronounce it. I wish I had an answer for you, but I think that, like a lot of people, skateboarding kind of let Ted DeGrow down, man. He's extremely talented. I mean, sometimes his trick selection was a little out there. Not a big fan of the no side 270s, but he's definitely <laughs> a supreme skateboarding talent for sure. Yeah, his flip trick game was up there, cream of the crop. When you saw him do a flip trick, you knew it was him right away. You know what I mean? Like, those nolly front heels, hard flips. He was definitely a perfectionist with huge pop, which is sick. As far as what happened, I feel like I've heard it before, but I can't remember. I, I feel like he just wasn't vibing sometimes with certain teams, like with the Habitat dudes or something, and then or Alien Habitat Camp. And then he switched sponsors a few times, never really got the shoe sponsor he deserved. He was on, like, DVS Canada. And then he ended up on Santa Cruz and just kind of fizzled down in that, you know, when you go from Habitat, blah, 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 to Santa Cruz, it's kind of not the trajectory you're hoping for. And then I think he just just kind of got over it. And I think he, I don't know if he like got married or something and just started working a normal job in San Francisco. But last I heard, he's just chilling, living normal life in San Francisco, but would definitely love to get him on the show, get that story. But I think his brother hit us up once and said that he'd reach out, but not to hold our breath. So <laughs> maybe one day. All right. Last up, we have an email from Ignatius Stewart. Not a question. Sorry, but I got to say the way Saifa has been pronouncing green cans has me cracking up. I'm from Australia, and we have a beer called Victorian Bitter, which comes in a green can. I can't wait for this virus nonsense to blow over and head into the streets with my mates. We'll celebrate the first post-lockdown hammer with a box of Australia's own green cans. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Yo, shouts. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Naish. I got to give the credit to Will Marsh. When we had him on, we were definitely sipping some cans that night. When Will gets turned up, he he likes to twist the pronunciation of certain words, and that one just stuck in my brain. And I've been saying it a bunch since, but got to give the cred to Will on that one. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but sometimes, sometimes, not all the times, there's a little Easter egg at the very end of an episode, like the last like five seconds or whatever. And if you go back to Will's episode and listen to the last like five seconds that was the first time he said it and it was fucking hilarious and if you know will he's the kind of guy if you hang out with him long enough you'll start to pick up some of his uh mannerisms and shit he's just a hilarious dude guys i hope you got enough green cans this is gonna take <laughs> about four or five hours <laughs> and we're only doing it once <laughs> yeah 
All right, y'all. Thanks for the emails. Make sure to get yours and your voice notes over to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Welcome to The Rundown, the skateboard world's source for sports. Picking up right where we left off is running back week. Couple moves, trades, draft picks. We got it all here. David Johnson, officially a Houston Texan. We don't need to touch on D-Hop. We don't need to touch on Bill O'Brien. We've beaten that to death. It's David Johnson as a Houston Texan with your boy Deshaun Watson. How's he play out? And what type of draft pick you think he's going to be worth when these late August, early September fantasy drafts roll around? Bro, he's he's the definition of a gamble. I personally think I'll avoid him. And I think I'll be able to stomach it more if I avoid him and he ends up having a great season than if I pick him and he flops, you know? What about as an option for a two or a flex? If he's there in like the fourth round and he could be your third running back as the flex option, what do you think? It would have to be the fifth round for me, man, I think. You know, those first five picks, especially first four, you really want dudes that you can count on. If I could get David Johnson late fifth, you know, sixth round, I'm all for it. But I want want some solid studs in those earlier rounds. But as far as uh, real life goes, I just... I hope he bounces back. He's just had such an unfortunate like set of circumstances the last few years. He went from being the number one running back that one insane year to the next year breaking his thumb. And unfortunately, you drafted him in game one. Missed the whole season. Had to throw that out there. eh? (laughs) Missed the whole season. Then the next year, you know, he was kind of he wasn't the same dude. And last year. He started the year actually decent, like under the radar, but got hurt again. So I don't know. I hope he still got some left in the tank, man. The one thing that points the arrow in the right direction for me is Deshaun Watson, hell of a talent, loves to scramble. David Johnson can catch passes. Honestly, I don't know what to call David Johnson right now, a good or a bad one. I mean, there's potential. There is potential. And he could end up being a sleeper come fantasy season. But on the other side of that trade, that frees up the good homie Kenyon Drake, who went absolutely nuclear at the end of last season down there in Arizona. How dare you call him the good homie? How fucking dare you? Who did I call the good homie? Kenyon Drake? Yes. Why, why, what's wrong with that? Well, for those who aren't aware or don't remember, me and Donald didn't make the fantasy playoffs in our bunt listener league and i'm not gonna blame this on you but i just remember specifically one time we were sharing a team and i texted you and i was like yo we should we should grab Kenyon drake in case he gets traded for miami because i remember at the time it was drake and one other who's the other dude in miami they had two running backs but anyways it was like yo we should grab drake because there was rumors all year of him getting traded and you're like yo fuck the miami running backs like i hate both of them like i i want no piece of both of them and then Kenyon drake ended up being a league winner so that's why you took offense to me calling him the good homie yes <laughs> Kenyon drake man if you can get him as your rb2 i think that's a smash play right there yeah fuck he's just scary you, i know you feel the same way like in your core He's hard to buy into. It's easier to buy into dudes that come into the league 
and wreak havoc it's harder to buy into guys like Kenyon Drake who've been around for long enough where you kind of feel like you know them and then all of a sudden they snap for half he a feels season. like a guy you'd rather pick up during that half season and absolutely yeah. love to death than draft yeah. the next year like Jay exactly. Ajayi or something yeah I don't know where, where are you taking Drake man if I can have Drake as my RB2 in the third round I, I'll take him wow he yeah, went nuts dude. last year I'm big on uh, I'm big on dodging people in drafts I don't know why like when I come up with like my strategies I'm like almost more concerned with who I'm not drafting than who I'm drafting you know so Drake this is another guy where if I get him in the fourth or fifth round he probably oh, won't be you gonna let there. me have some good RBs this year <laughs> I'm I want those surefire motherfuckers Last year, yeah. I pissed myself off with Leonard Fournette's dusty ass. All right, let's keep it moving. Another man on the move, Melvin Gordon. Used to be a surefire RB1. Kind of struggled last year in his shortened season. Finds a new home in Denver, but he's sharing the backfield with one of our favorite prospects, Philip Lindsay. We just want the man to become unchained, and now he's more chained up than ever. Yeah, I kind of hate that move. It's probably a good move in real life, real football, you know, adding some depth. Because to be honest, between Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, they weren't that good last year. They were better the year before, I felt. At least Philip Lindsay was. Royce Freeman was just a pain in the ass last year. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin going over there just fucks it up more. So I kind of like it for depth in real life. But for fantasy, I think I'm just dodging that whole squad, man. Absolutely. I can agree with you on that one. I don't want any part of any of them, man. That's a young offense. And then they just added in Melvin Gordon. So, And I heard that... A lot they, of unknown. Yeah, they drafted... Uh, who they grab? Fucking Jerry Judy, right? Yep. Um, I heard that they're going to kind of try and mimic uh, Kansas City's offense and just kind of throw the ball like crazy. So good luck to Drew Locke. Uh, I'm hyped to watch them as a fan. Yeah, fantasy. I'm avoiding them. But yo, it's all good because we don't we don't have to concern ourselves with uh, maybe drafting Melvin Gordon in the later rounds because we all know if you're in a league with Ben Davis, he'll probably reach for him and uh, get burned in the playoffs. <laughs> That's your fucking dog when it comes to fantasy, man. You gotta <laughs> show him the ways. But on the flip side of the Melvin Gordon and Broncos crowded offense, frees up a lot of space for Austin Eckler. He's going to be shooting up draft boards, potentially overdrafting, similar to Ben Davis with Melvin Gordon. I mean, with Simon Disher around, it's probably going to be hard to get Austin Eckler because he's because yeah. he loves him. But where would you take him? Eckler, the the earliest I would grab him, the end of round two. But you got that two three turn, bro. I, I know well, Eckler's around then. Especially if you're in PPR, man. I had Eckler in my PPR league last year. And, yo, I was unbeatable that first half of the year before Gordon came back because I got him late, right? So I'd maybe grab him in round three. Maybe round two is a stretch. I got high hopes, man. He was fucking unbelievable. But we also need to wait and see what happens at quarterback there because if Tyrod's my guy, you know that fool would rather try and rush himself and throw like a little check down to Eckler. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The Chiefs with Damian Williams has a first round pick and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire joining him. And Marlon Mack, who was a stud when he was on the field, has Jonathan Taylor joining him. Are you going to avoid these two backfields as a whole or who are you trying to pick and play? Bro, I want to hear what you're doing because I have no fucking clue. So 
for the Colts, things can change. Like maybe they trade Mac, who knows? But Jonathan Taylor was my guy coming into the draft. I was hoping he'd go somewhere like the Chiefs, you know, and really pop the fuck off with less competition. But if you're in Dynasty or something, of course, grab him. I feel like, you know, the Colts aren't going to want to pay Mac and he'll be on another team. So in two years, you know, you got a stud on your hands. But for this year, I might avoid that situation completely unless I can get Taylor late enough. And then as far as Kansas City goes, I'm all in. I love, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, but <laughs> I'm all in on him. And, I don't uh, see Damian Williams as much competition for him. D-Will can't yeah. stay healthy. He had his time. He's had a couple good playoff runs, but I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will take over a lot of the work. You know Andy Reid likes to get that one guy in there and get him moving. Yeah. As far as the Colts go, that might be a team that I avoid altogether as well. I was a big fan of Marlon Mack. Had him last year. Absolutely consistent RB. He was like the perfect RB too. He's just going to get you like low double digits maybe get you a touchdown up to 15 points but throwing in a prospect like jonathan taylor it makes it tough and with the new quarterback philip rivers coming in it's not like philip and marlin have already played together so they got something going on everybody's starting from scratch there that yeah. might be avoidable yeah max not the best pass catcher either they still got naheem hines on the roster it's a weird situation but uh his name's edward solaire is that it yeah yeah with him i mean if we rewind a few years and remember how andy reed treated kareem hunt rushing leader oh. in his rookie season you know that's what we can hope for but then the thing that makes me a little skeptical is that sure they were great that year it was alex smith's last year so we never really got i mean we got to see mahomes and kareem hunt the next year but then he got suspended and then they but then they end up winning a super bowl with kind of more of a committee so makes you wonder like are they gonna maybe do some committee stuff this year i don't know but the funny thing about it, a, i don't i don't think the committee was by choice yeah i mean yeah it was it was necessity but then when you win the super bowl maybe you're like oh shit maybe like if edward solaire is gonna get a kareem hunt workload obviously that's that's the guy that's the rookie running back of choice by far hundo p so you talked about him a little bit uncle leo leonard fournette <laughs> Talk about a cloudy situation, man. What's going to happen with him and what's going to happen with the Jaguars? Bro, that team could be horrible this year. I hope not for Simon Disher's sake. The only Jaguars fan I know. Uncle Leo, I'm avoiding him. He pissed me off last year. So you know when you have that like resentment from the year before? Wh where would you grab him, though? I never drafted Uncle Leo, and I don't think I ever will. Last year... <laughs> Last year when you grabbed him, I thought it was a mistake, and for the first couple weeks it was, and then he panned out and had himself a pretty good season. But the team has done nothing to help themselves. They're just like trading away all their good assets, not bringing any new ones in. It's gotta be a hard place for a running back. They don't wanna pay him, but they didn't draft a backup, so I think they might just run him into the ground one more year. We'll see what happens, but like last year showed they weren't a great team. They weren't winning many games. So he wasn't at the goal line often. Halfway through the year, I felt like he had one or two touchdowns. Like it was fucking torturous to have him on your fantasy team last year. Luckily, he made up for it with yardage most weeks, but I'm avoiding him this year. Yeah. All right, Ghost, before we wrap this up, you know where we're going next. It's Jordan's Doc, The Last Dance, episodes five and six. Big storyline. 
was just gambling, man. And personally, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Me neither, man. But it's like they were saying, when you're the biggest athlete on the planet, they build you up to try and crack that armor, bring you down, but they couldn't do it. You dig? Stay out of the man's business. If he wants to gamble away all his fortunes, let him do it. Obviously, he didn't. He's a billionaire. That was a big non-story, like you said. Man, I found it funny when he would be on the bus or the plane playing in the high stakes games and then when that's over he's playing in the dollar games too <laughs> yeah i love the playing quarters with the security guards and the, the dude got his 20 and he's like <laughs> security come get security out of here <laughs> what did you think about the interview he did where he was rocking the glasses oh i loved it man you know his eyes were bloodshot but dude i in my opinion that just adds to the greatness man this guy was so cocky and so confident in his abilities as the best player in the world by far that he's playing golf all day before games. He's out gambling, smoking cigars, sipping some expensive liquor, and still coming and busting your ass, dropping 54. Jesus Christ, yo. I think one of my favorite scenes from these two episodes was the shot after the game when him and Pippen are chilling, having an ice cold MGD. And Pippin's talking about how he was thinking about the cold beer towards the end of the third quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, that was kind of funny because it was awkward. That was actually an awkward scene where Pippin's like talking freely and then notices the camera and he like kind of stops. He's like, yo, we don't want... Why why are you filming? And then Jordan's like, nah, nah, it's all good. That shit was hilarious. I love all those moments where like... It's obviously focused on Jordan, but the other players are like uncomfortable at times. Like, yo, like, stop filming. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, the dressing room's supposed to be off limits. But we got to see one of our favorite personalities in the world and athletes, Charles Barkley, doing his damn thing. Sad, man. You would have liked to see Charles win a title. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just another victim of the Jordan era. And then the other sad part is like they they did have a chance in 95 sorry in 94 and 95 to make it back to the finals but houston dusted them never happened for barkley but like he said in there at the time you know if there's one person that you can be okay with losing to it's the greatest of all time he definitely handled it gracefully that's for sure i also liked how they didn't they didn't give up you know they were down 3-1 fought out that huge win and then jordan never went to game seven got handled in six but kudos to barkley man legend yeah you heard jordan only pack one suit because we ain't staying for two man Yo, the only thing that made me sad about that was knowing that like they've had a falling out because they used to actually be like best friends back in those days jordan is a stubborn motherfucker and barkley said on t on tnt once that like jordan's like the worst gm slash like team builder (laughs) owner or whatever that was it jordan just like cut him off and so it made me sad when he refers to to Barkley as Charles Barkley like back in the day he'd obviously call him Chuck or Charles and he's just like so matter of fact he's like yeah Charles Barkley I was like damn another thing we got a glimpse of in these two Fs was the dream team a little bit more on Isaiah Thomas evidently bro you just didn't meet the requirements man (laughs) he met the requirements it's so funny like hearing all of them like in their 50s and 60s now like just (laughs) these old feelings coming back up like isaiah is basically doing a press tour the last like week or two going on uh jalen and jacoby first take get up 
every ESPN platform possible, not to mention probably countless podcasts we haven't heard, just like trying to defend his honor and shit. But um, that was one of those myths that I, I guess I had wrong all, all these years because the word was that they Isaiah froze him out or led the, the movement to freeze him out of the All-Star game. And then Jordan was like, I'm not on the dream team if Isaiah's on there. But uh, Jordan's actually coming out like as a way nicer guy, I guess, in a lot of these like myths from back in the day. Like he's not a part of them. Lots of time, man. They keep saying that like he's or like before it came out, there's all this stuff about, oh, people are going to like think I'm crazy because I was mean to my teammates or blah, blah, blah. But I still don't see it. He just seems like passionate. Yeah. He just seems like a competitor, man. He's doing it for the best of the team. Yeah. Another big storyline and obviously a huge storyline in Jordan's life, Air Jordans. I had no idea he was that close to being part of the three stripes in Adidas, man. That's crazy. Dude, it's so crazy. Nike was like the random upstart company. And like if it wasn't for his parents, it never would have happened. I wonder what the world would Just look insane. like today if he went with Adidas or Converse. Well, I don't think Nike would be the same, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well... Stoked he did because, damn, the shoes he's dropped over the years. And the sickest was when he put the the Jordan 1s back on for that last game at MSG. Damn. And tore his feet up. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt. Catch you next week. And shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant. We love you. Ep5 dedicated to him. Good to see you, brother. Thanks, y'all. Catch y'all next week. One, one, two, 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 three, three, four, four five. five. <laughs> that was our best one yet. I think was Seifa, you purposely late on that one? No, I, what you were late on that one. <laughs> oh, then it's the fucking internet, dude. Because yeah. you were the only one it's like, the late, yeah. <laughs> Alright, hit me, ghost. Hit me, ghost. <clears throat> Where are we at?